しさにまぶたを閉じた君のこと誰の目にも触れない影に Hey everyone, and welcome back to Class 1A, a My Here Academia podcast presented by Popped Off. As always, I'm one of your homeroom teachers, Advert, aka Andrew Nimsgren. And alongside me, as always, I have James Graham and Dylan Beal with you. Today is a special episode because today we're looking back on season four, the first true season we've done as a podcast. And how does that make you guys feel? Like we're coming to a new era for the podcast, I guess you can say. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling bad. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling nostalgic. A lot we are. Of... We're gonna get. We're gonna get sappy today. A lot of I'm gonna emotions. cry. I'm gonna cry. Oh, I'll no. do it. I'll cry. Oh no, man! Can't handle that. I, I, I but I kind of echo Dylan's sentiments. Like it is like a lot of mixed emotions about like. Yeah, it feels. It feel, like I feel like accomplished because we went through an entire season and we're like at the end. But like it sucks that it's done. Yeah, it I'm we're that's twenty five episodes. Almost every week, there was a one-week break in there that we took because the show just didn't air. Well, we did 25 straight episodes. We did all the seasons beforehand, and now we're completely caught up on the anime. And we'll talk a little bit later going on in the show. And the next week, too, we have a full episode that's going to be detailing what is going to be happening. Um, we're not going to have a full episode next week. It's just going to be a couple of minutes. Um, Dylan's going to be talking us through what the next segment of the show is going to be. I mean, now that we don't have a show... We expect that it's going to be a year and a half, probably, until we have another season to talk about. So we're going to kind of switch over, but we are still going to be releasing episodes each and every week. But you hear more about that last uh, next week, and I'll probably talk about it a little bit more at the end of the episode. But we're here to talk about season four today. Let's jump through the rigmarole and just start kind of looking back. Yeah, make sure you tell all your friends about us, and make sure that you leave a five star review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on, because it means a lot, and it really helps us uh, keep going with this. Yeah, and uh, we've been getting more and more feedback as the uh, the podcast has kind of progressed, and we love that. We love to get it. So if you are listening now and you haven't sent in any in, hit us with it. Hit us with us uh, over on Twitter at popped underscore off, or email us at contact at popped off dot com. Because like we did say last week, we are doing special episodes, um, which whatever topic you guys want to hear about. So if there's a topic you want to hear us talk about, whether it's a character, a shipping episode, anything like that, send it our way, and we'll try to work it into the schedule because. We have a lot of episodes to f- come up with content for. So we may be relying on your guys' questions, thoughts, ideas, all that stuff stuff for some of the episodes. So make sure to send those over. But with that, let's go back and talk about Season 4 of the My Hero Academia Anime. I guess we have four kind of very broad talking points. But first off, all four of us have been addicted to this show for all four seasons. now. All three of us have been addicted to this show for four seasons now. And what were your overall thoughts on the season now that it's over? I'm not going to dig into rankings or anything like that yet. We might do that later. But, like, right now, are you happy with this season looking back on it? Is it going to be one you're going to be favorable of? I will say yes. Um, the reason why I like this season is because it opens up the door to so many new uh, characters. I think that was the thing I really liked the most. I like seeing all the new heroes. I like seeing all the new villains. I, I you know, I really like seeing the, the, the big three. Like, that was awesome that we actually got to, to learn more about those characters and not only about um just like uh i am like uh the the academy but like everyone else too like it really was a world building uh season i think yeah i mean that's exactly what i wanted to call it was a world building uh world building season um i think it would definitely be one of my favorites for sure um especially just because some of the characters that were introduced introduced and some of the themes that were introduced well which were kind of rare 
Because um, for the first three seasons, we never really dealt with anything that was really tragic or concerning, like death and stuff like that. I mean, there was the ultimate downfall of All Might, which we always knew was coming. But the theme of a character actually dying was, you know, it was almost foreign. You know what I mean? Like, you, you like nobody really died in the episode. You didn't even really hear about anybody dying in the past. You know what I mean? And then, you know, when we lost her night eye, when Overhaul lost both his hands. Like, I mean, there was some pretty, like... I don't want to. I guess I could call them like grittier themes to this season. I think that's really what 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 did me in. And then the show did a good job getting back to itself by introducing characters like Gentle, which it was just a, like a really nice contrast and it was really really well executed. I, I totally agree with that, and I think that transition it was done really well because you couldn't have like you know a, a night eye dying, uh, you know, overall's hands getting cut off, and then be like. We're at the school festival dancing and singing. Like, you <laughs> yeah, couldn't exactly, have that. Right? So I, I think it did, like, such a good job of slowly transitioning. Because, like, Gentle, he is super silly. He's a silly villain. He drinks tea, and, like, his stuff is bouncy. Like, he makes things bouncy. Like, that's that's silly. But the way they handled it, it was a perfect, like, de-escalation of all those serious themes. And, like, a really good, like, slow kind of transition to, okay, here's something a little... It's still kind of serious, but here's something a little more fun, and then we're going to bring you right into the literal song and dance. I agree, and I want to hit on James' point, too, is that outside of, obviously, death, I mean, we had Mira lose a quirk permanently. Like, that is something we haven't seen before either, or even heard that idea, and even La Brava made mention of suicide. I mean, we had death talk of mental health and suicide. We had so many topics I never thought I would have seen in the show with how the first couple seasons were. They were always... The big fight scenes, but everyone always okay on the end, and everyone's always going to make it out outside of the All Might fight. But he kind of saw that coming because obviously it's a transfer of power that obviously he's not there. So eventually he was going to lose that. But I mean, everyone else is like, oh, Bakugo is captured. We saved Bakugo and he's totally fine. Like everyone, there's never any negative side effects really. And Bakugo was a little scarred from being captured. But that was the biggest kind of talk of like repercussions of acts of like mental health or anything kind of like that. So going to the far extreme of suicide and um, losing your quirks and death is just such an extreme difference that I really enjoyed. And even with what Dylan was talking about, too, is the gentle arc coming with the de-escalation. But even at the end of the gentle arc, there was still a really good lesson out of that. That, like, gentle was like, he was, I mean, he was, had the same emotions that Deku had. Like, he just wanted to save people. He just wanted to be known. He just wanted to be the best hero. And that he just wasn't good enough. So that's why he turned to a villain. But there's still that side of him. And we still think we might see Gentle in the future. Because he wasn't that far gone. That like just because you've made a couple of mistakes. Doesn't mean that you're doomed for the rest of your life. Like this was definitely a world building. But also like a like kind of deep season. In terms of like thinking about how you think about yourself. And the people around you. Which I just thought was so cool. And not what I ever expected from my hero. I mean this is a shonen. I don't expect to have deep. Uh, like psychological thoughts about a shonen anime like it's definitely supposed to be action 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 really cool characters all that kind of stuff but i really enjoyed that this was a different my hero this season and i really was happy with that actually so i kind of want to go back a little bit because i know uh and i was just like kind of thinking it through it like analytically like somebody's going to call us out on this but we did have a character named the hero killer who was introduced but we never true like like i mean but i mean like the thing with stain was we never actually saw him really kill anybody. That was never that was never like it was never illustrated on screen. There was never that 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 you know, he's like like don't get me wrong. Even his brother was paralyzed. He was paralyzed but he didn't die, 
right? Like that that was a big thing. I could almost like you know mirror that to like what happened to Mirio, right? Where it was like so life altering, but it wasn't. He didn't die, right? And Mirio's living a normal life now for the most part. He's basically a stepdad. Um, and we haven't really gone back to Ingenium to see kind of what happened to him. But at the same time, like a character that was literally meant to be a killer, we never actually saw him kill. So true, right? And that's the thing. Like Stain. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Stain aesthetically, and I love what he did for the show. But he, his like his overall theme just wasn't fully executed. Where Overhaul straight up killed somebody. Yeah, you know Overhaul I mean? felt so much more scary, even he though did. he was just kind of like a mob boss that could actually just blow people into bits. But also, like, a hero killer versus a mob boss, you'd think one would be a little bit more, like, threatening. And you had that one scene where everyone around him could literally feel his killing presence. But, like, outside of that, like, no one ever really seemed that afraid of him. Like, obviously, Deku was afraid, but they're fighting a killer, and he's a student. So that makes sense. But, like, no one else really seemed that afraid of him. They just couldn't catch him. I, I think what was really interesting is, like, with, with Stain, it was this... He literally left a stain on, on, on everyone. Like, it, we, they still talk about him today. Like, he's still, like, this weird, like, looming presence that's always over everyone. That Stain came, he said all this stuff, and people really resonated with it. Overhaul, people didn't really know him. He's just chilling, but, like, literally blowing people up. And that's, like, just horrifying, like, on a very visceral, like, real level. Because it's like, oh, he showed up to the League of Villains and then, like, killed one of them. Yeah, that's the, like, and I was just going to bring that up. Like, one of our first episodes this season was Overhaul taking somebody out, like, very graphically. Like, and, like, I remember us talking about it being like, we haven't, we haven't done that before. Like, this is new, right? Like, it was, it was crazy. Yeah, going on, and I guess, talking about the, the League of Villains right now, like, are we happy we didn't see much of them this season? Like, obviously, we got a little bit of Togen twice, but are we happy we took a step away from them, assuming they're going to be taking a bigger role next season? Do we wish you would have got a little bit more with these characters? I'm glad they took a step back because I think you needed to have Overhaul and his side of, like, the villains, like that kind of, like, mob, like, Yakuza-style villains really, like, shine. I think if you mixed in the League of Villains, then it would have been, like, I feel like the League of Villains would have felt like Team Rocket at that point, of where they're showing up and going, darn, Class 1A, you beat me again, and then scurrying off to the shadows. So I, I think it's good for them to, like, kind of take a, a step back and let some other hero or other villain shine, fight Class 1A, and then, you know, lose. Well, the the big the big thing I saw between the, the contrast between Overhaul's gang and, um, and the League of Villains is, like, you saw the contrast when they basically loaned them Togan twice where it was just like okay they're they're like they're very strong but they're still petty criminals and they still look out for themselves the yakuza have like a, like an order they have like you know there's there's like a chain of command like there's all this stuff right where shigaraki's just like okay you guys all kind of have the same idea and we're just gonna kind of work together and it's not this like crazy crazy structure you know what i mean um i was happy we didn't get to see as much league of villains because like dylan said i think they would have kind of turned into team rocket um but i feel like if they, like the League of Villains that we got, I think they could have picked better people to kind of intermix with Overhaul's gang. I think Twice and Toga were kind of like not great candidates, mainly because Twice is so like all over the place and ridiculous, and Toga's just a hundred percent unpredictable, right? I would have liked to see Dobby in there. May, like, I mean, this is a bit of a bias because I love Dobby as like a villain in general, but I think he just would have worked better with their with their overall like mood and game plan and everything like that. Yes, but. 
Chigaraki's plan was always to kind of take down. True, yeah. He didn't actually so want he to wanted really work with them. Twice has multiple personalities, so of course he can kind of fool people. And Toga's Toga, so she can definitely kind of play that role of fitting in there. I think that was that was her plan. Their plan was never really help him. Like, if you send Dobby in there, I agree, he fits better, but then he's actually being useful. Like, he, Shigaraki's plan the entire time was for Overhaul to more or less be defeated and to take his weapons, and that's what he has right now. So I, I think that I think that does make a point, but also introducing Overhaul, I, I didn't really think about it, but yeah, up until now, League of Villains were pretty much Team Rocket. They'd sometimes get a higher, like, a little bit of advantage, but then they always lose in the end of the day. But now, gone all season, we see characters can now die and lose quirks, and then we have, I, I can't think of, what's the Nomu at the end of the season we had? Oh, um, High End. High End. Then we have High End come in, and we know he's part of League of Villains. Like, as much as we talked, like, okay, we don't want every fight to be a Nomu, but we knew that there was an actual chance that High End would kill someone that episode because of everything Overhaul did, and that makes the League of Villains so much scarier next season, is now we know that they're no longer Team Rocket because people can actually die in this show. Team Rocket is Team Rocket because you know... Pikachu's never going to be really taken. Like, no one's ever going to be that hurt, actually. But now, people, there are actual stakes that we, as a viewer, know exist. And that makes Shigaraki, who can actually evaporate people, much scarier. And I, I think we're really going to start seeing him come more into the role that he was before. Of, like, he first showed up, and he was this, like, whiny uh, brat, basically. And then, I think, slowly over these past couple seasons, he's been growing up into, like, an actual villain. And I feel like next season is the one where he he shows up, he's this, like, more calm villain, but very calculated, and now he has, like, this ultimate weapon, right? Like, I think I think next season Shigaraki is incredibly scary. I, I think he's going to be, like, an actual really hard villain to, to take down. Yeah, yeah I, no, I I am really excited to see that. Yeah, it's, and, it's, you know, like, it's nice to see that growth. Not only from the main characters, but from the villains as well, right? Like, Shigaraki's really the only one who hasn't been caught. Like, um, you know, one for, All for One has been caught. Stain has been caught. Overhaul's basically dead. Um, like, he, like he's not he's not really, you know, a, a fighter at this point. And Gentle's been caught, right? Shigaraki's always, like, the, the one who stayed loose. And he's been allowed to grow and progress as a character because of that. And the show's done a really good job. It almost caught me off guard when, basically, Shigaraki was talking to Overhaul, like, earlier in the season. And, like, their interactions and stuff like that. Because, I mean, that's not... For, I feel for a lot of us, that wasn't the Shigaraki we got used to. It was used to, with like, you know, the guy who made, like, video game analogies and all that stuff like that. Like, we don't get any of that anymore. They talk about... They compare things more to, like, Shogi, which is not an analogy that a whiny kid would use. You know what I mean? So, it's, it's, really, it's been really nice to see that progression. And we saw a lot of it this season. No, I... I, I really agree. And then the League of Villains is someone that I'm excited to come back for the first time in a while. But I guess, so we talked about a lot of League of Villains who weren't even part of that, but we talked about the future with them. But you guys both said that this was one of your more favorite seasons because of your favorite characters kind of coming in, or new characters coming that he really cared about. And I guess, just wondered, like, it, obviously there's a lot, but who were some of those characters that made the season so special for you? Hero, villain, doesn't matter. Or even old characters that got a lot of attention. Mirio. Mirio rules. He's awesome. And, like, they made him... Like, he's a character that's supposed to be awesome and lovable. And they did it. They, they did it perfectly. It's like, here's a guy that you're, you're just going to love. You're going to love him. He's great. So without Mirio, the season doesn't stand up for you? 
No, no, I think Obviously it does. that's hard, but I know, no, but there, it does. there are other characters as well. No, like, like not in that, but like we we got all those really great Red Riot moments, right? Like that, those were sick, and and you know that that's just a case of like we had the characters already, but we're really getting to dive deep into them and understand like, oh, this is like who they're like growing into, and this is them actually as heroes, and I think that's super cool. Yeah, I think I think Kirishima was like a huge huge factor into why this season got better because Kirishima was like one of those characters who was always off on the sideline he was always there and he's always definitely like he's like the just rank below a main character you know what I mean but they like because they rotated out um Todoroki and Bakugo for a good portion of the season and Ida too and Ida like I mean Ida was basically non-existent this season right we got Kirishima like and I think he was one of the really the bigger ones. We did like I mean this season overall was very focused on Deku, but it was more his interactions with Mirio and the other big three and stuff like that, and more more or less not so much him himself, but like his interactions with other people around him. I know those are kind of one and the same, but like it was just a different kind of Deku focused season, right? We also got like a, a big character who did it for me too was like Amajiki and stuff like that. Amajiki, who was a character. Who we I, I don't think we really thought that Amajigi out of the big three was going to be the secondary to Mirio. Like, I don't think anybody really thought that. But we got, like, three full episodes just focusing on him being a total badass. And, you know, his backstory and all that stuff like that. Which really did it for me. And then I think the final one, the final nail in the coffin for, like, characters that sold the season was Endeavor. I think Endeavor was the, like, and I know we just talked about Endeavor being crazy. Like, you know, like, his, his slowly his slow progression to trying to be like a redeeming person, but he came in and out during the licensing and stuff like that. And then we got two full episodes of him at the end. Right. And which I think sets up a really good season five. And it also really wraps the season up well, because it's like, okay, we lost our pillar. We lost, you know, our, our symbol of true uh, symbol of hope and all that stuff. But we ha- we finally have somebody now that's there. And I think for most of season four, that was just kind of in limbo. You know what I mean? Like nobody really, Nobody really stepped up, and I mean that was an overall theme that we didn't have, you know, this big this big person, and then we got you know the the Billboard Awards, which really which really solidified the rankings and stuff like that. But no, it was nice to end the season with this is a number one. We've seen the number one perform, and you know he's trying to be a better person. Yeah, and I I think I Endeavor obviously is a huge character for me. I I, I put it on Twitter like I think. That minute after his plus um, ultra prominence burn, when he's falling to the ground in the fire burn, and when he gets up with his fist in there, still probably one of my two minute scenes in all. Probably, no, I will say this that is my favorite two minute part of the entire My Hero Academia anime. It still gives me shivers. Even just thinking about it now, I literally just got a little bit of chill. Like, that's how much I love that episode. Um, but for the characters that were there for more throughout the season, was that whole Fatcom agency. Like, obviously. Remember when we saw the first Kirishima episode, like, wow, we had a whole Kirishima episode. Like, which character is next? But then we kept getting more Fatcom Agency episodes, and we never once complained about it. Like, we all accept, like, okay, Kirishima got an episode. He leveled up. We're not going to see him again the rest of the season. I'm pretty sure we said, like, okay, he got his one. So now it's Uraraka and Froppy and all their turns. But we didn't. We kept getting that. And Amajiki, I, is, he's not my th- – I mean, you can't say – you don't love Mirio as like your favorite of the big three, but Amajiki's so close, and I feel like if we got more of him, he probably would be my favorite of the big three, but Mirio's so much, and Stepdaddy Mirio, it's so hard to be taken off that pedestal, but is one of my favorite characters. Kirishima leveling up is just such a cool part of being coming, like, he always was 
like a secondary character, like you said, but he also always felt like he was under Bakugo and that I always associated him with Bakugo. And now he feels so much like his own character and that he almost is like, I think of him more as a pro hero than Deku or anyone like that. Cause I've seen him on agency. I've had seen him have these really cool moments more than Deku. And I can see Kirishima being a pro hero tomorrow because of how ready he is. And now he seems more mentally stable and getting more on his background. Like it was a lot of those characters. And then obviously all the Mirio time too, as I absolutely loved, but it is just so the season did not go the way I wanted. And thinking more about it, so much happened this season. As thinking about that first Red Ride moment, um, Sir Night Eye dying, and even uh, Deku begging Sir Night Eye to even get into his agency. That felt like last season to me. Like, there's so much that happened in that first half of the season. Plus, we had the random one off episodes with um, everyone at the training arc. Like, this was such a good season. The more we talk about it, there are so many cool character moments for everyone. And I definitely wish there was a couple more Class 1A moments we would have got that I feel like towards the end of like I feel like they could have used a school festival to get a couple cool more moments for other characters that didn't get much limelight like Uraraka I really I've always been a fan of since the very beginning and I really feel like they could have done more with her that would have been more froppy for you James which you would have hated but for me I would have loved to see Uraraka have some kind of a level up this season um as well because I feel like she started making that progress and then we just kind of put her off to the side and haven't talked about her since I think uh, I think Momo kind of falls into that that category too. I think Momo was another one that was really starting to get hyped up, hyped up, hyped up, and then just kind of fell into I wouldn't say obscurity or anything like that, but like fell into the backlight, kind of almost with the characters like like Shoji and Koda and you know those kind of guys who are always they're always there, they're always drawn in and stuff like that, but they don't really have moments. But they get like one mean? line an episode. Yeah, exactly. Like right? Momo's like has one of her main lines is talking about the Imperial Tips tea or whatever. Like, that's yeah, the she, one thing I remember her saying all season. Momo literally turned into a plot device. Like, that's, like, I mean, that was just it. So, it was weird to see this shift in characters, but I wasn't really irritated about it, you know what no, I mean? No, I wasn't like, either. I'm just saying yeah. that's the one, Uraraka was the one character I wanted to see more, but go on, I apologize. Yeah, no, no, no. And I think the other thing I want to kind of bring up, too, is this was the, I think this was the first season where there was a ton of hype from the manga carrying over. The, red, the, the first Red Riot scene was, like, the biggest thing for everybody. There was, like, okay, how are they going to do it? How are they going to do it? And I don't really remember any other scene in the show, like, them being concerned about how it was going to be portrayed, right? And, like, so that was another huge moment for me that just stands out. It's just, like, they want they cared so much about how this character developed and it was executed. And I think they did it flawlessly. Like, after looking, like, kind of cheating and reading back the manga just around that area and seeing how it was executed, like, I think they did a phenomenal job. I think the one thing they do really well in that aspect is sometimes they they just copy the manga panel exactly. Yeah. Um, which I think is perfect. I think they need to do that more because they're they're a, you know this is really a tribute to like that work and they really want to see that um, like fully realized and so they're like this panel is perfect. We're just gonna do it. We're just you gonna know? do the panel because it's already perfect. Yeah. Why change it right? Because it's already perfection. Like it's. Yeah, this whole season, I feel like, ever since the uh, Camino fight with Plus Ultra, I mean, with All Might and Plus Ultra and all that kind of stuff, I feel like the animation has leveled up since then. I mean, we had that incredible fight with Overhaul versus Deku, and seeing all those fists flying down, like, that was that, and then the Kirishima moment early on in the season. But even that entire Endeavor fight, turning him into a little phoenix, I know so much of this is from the manga, so obviously the manga is getting much better, and all those chapters are starting to have these more flushed out and just incredible designs there but i also just feel like maybe 
because we're watching the anime and I haven't caught up in the manga that I just felt like the overall animation and the number of really, really cool moments that I've been going back and doing screenshots of all kinds of times that in the earlier seasons, I don't feel like there are as many, many, while in this season there was maybe one or two episodes, I mean one or two moments every single episode that was either something really funny or cute or just an incredible fight scene. And it was just nonstop really cool action. Yeah, I think uh, I think My Hero is one of the shows that like set the bar really high, high for fights and then just kept going above it. Like, I mean, the initial All Might Nomu fight from season one. Yeah, is, oh, I like, remember I, how hyped that was. Holy every, crap. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, and it set a really, really high bar that everybody, like, even Aizawa squaring off with a bunch of, like, low criminals, right? Like, I mean, that was, like, still really, really well done, right? But I think, like, the All Might Nomu fight is insane. And they just kept building on it. It just didn't stop getting better, right? So... It's yeah, like they they constantly constantly be, are able to one up themselves, and then of course like we'll eventually get to this, but and then in the movie they just one up themselves even more. So oh yeah, Dylan, I can't wait till you see that movie. Soon, I, I guess yeah, I guess one, we'll talk about that. So we just brought it up now. So Dylan hasn't seen the movie yet, and frankly, me and James, it's been about two months maybe now since we've seen the movie. So we're just waiting until it's released on July fifteenth. We're gonna do the episode sometime around then. I do apologize for anyone that's been waiting on that. I know we kept saying soon 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 but a pandemic kind of makes it hard for someone to see a movie or a lot of you maybe not ever saw the movie as well so this will give everyone time that once it's released everywhere everyone will be able to watch it yeah and this also creates a really good opportunity for us to kind of announce it ahead of time so that we can be like hey everyone watch it again beforehand yeah. we're we'll watch go it into give it questions you're going to get your favorite moments that's something um i want to focus on a lot more is that we said at the beginning of the show is that we've been getting some really good interaction for you guys. And again, thank you so much to everyone that has said anything to us. I think I replied back to all of you like almost the same day saying thank you so much for your feedback. Like it means the world to us. And if I haven't, reply back again and yell at me because I do apologize. I'll go back and do that again. But we really want to work with you, your guys' questions, thoughts, and all that so much more in. Because it's hard when we're recapping episodes because we're not going to talk about the previous episode on the new episode. And we always record right away in the morning so we don't have time for questions. But going forward, um, when we have special episodes or shipping episodes and all that kind of stuff, like the shipping episode, I'm telling you now as a spoiler, that's one we're going to do. I'd love to hear about your favorite ships that you want to see or just fun moments or even try to justify why you think your ship is the best. Like, we'd love for you to write those in. We want to give you guys so many more opportunities to kind of get input into the show. So that's a really good point, Dylan, about announcing it ahead of time is that you guys can all watch it again, but we're also going to get your feedback and talk through your thoughts as well about the movie. Yeah, and just uh, I guess to pull pull the curtain back a little bit, um, whenever you send anything into us, Andrew gets it, and immediately the first thing he does is post it into our giant uh, Slack group, and we all talk about it. And we go, "This is sick. This is really cool." It We're makes so us hyped. so happy. Like literally, when I get an email to that, I don't get many emails to like, the contact. I popped off one right now, like, but whenever it is a class one A one, I just have the biggest smile, and I just can't stop thinking about it all day. So really, whenever when we do say a five star review or a rating or anything like that, does mean the world to us. Like. I'm not joking. Like, it'll make a, a day easily for me, maybe even longer whenever we get fan mail, and I'll go back and read some of it from the past. So, again, we really do want it, and we do want to work. You listeners, the people that have been with us since the beginning, like, we've had incredible support from this from the very beginning. So we want to start hearing your thoughts and um, getting your questions on the shows and all that. So we really hope that sounds interesting to you guys and really hope we get even more um, DMs on Twitter, messages, all that kind of stuff. So keep those coming, and, again, from here on out until the next season, we want these episodes to be as much focused on you guys and what you guys want as possible. 
We still obviously want to have fun, but we also want to hear you guys' input as much as possible. But I guess, so we kind of got off task there, but I feel like we talked pretty good about season four. Was there anything else about this season we wanted to go back and touch on? No, I just I, I, I just keep thinking about what you guys are talking about of a lot of stuff happened. There was a yeah. lot of stuff. Like <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm trying to, like I, w- I really want to be like, oh, what is, you know, let, let's talk about like our, our favorite moments or whatever. But like, it's hard because there's literally so many. Like, and there's moments we probably forgot. Like as bad yeah. as that sounds, 20, it's been half a year since this season started. It's been six months since this season started. Like there are some super cool moments that we definitely forgot. I mean, I didn't remember the um, training uh, episode until, like I said it, like ten minutes ago. Like there's just episodes that I just totally forget that had a really cool moments and we loved them when it happened. But then there's just so many other cool moments. And right now I have to think about nothing but the Endeavor scene because of how incredible that is, and that just overshadows ten other scenes the same qualities that earlier in the season. I mean, like think think about like the Endeavor scene. That happened in the same exact season as uh, Night Eye uh, talking about the tickle machine. That's yeah. true. It's the same episode. Like, it's the same season. That's crazy. God. And like, and us trying to like unpack that and try and figure out what's going on there. But yeah, like, yeah, that, that's the, and I think that's a sign of a good season is that you can't remember all the good scenes because there was just so many. That you know everyone I mean? that everyone listening right now could probably write in, and there'd be 60, 70 different favorite moments. Like, that's how many there are in it, that each one is maybe with a certain character interaction or something like that. Like, if we all, like, did our top ten moments from the season and we actually thought about it and went back, like, a couple of them would definitely cross over. There's the overhaul fight, the Endeavor fight. But outside of that, there's probably moments that are special to each one of us that would not be on each other's top tens. And that's so cool, considering all three of us are pretty on the same page with a lot of characters and stuff like that. So the fact that we'd be so different in a top ten or even a top five is really cool. But yeah, and I think I think one one callback that we do need to like kind of address is we haven't talked about buff fat gum at all. We never we never went back hot to gum. Buff fat. Yeah, hot gum. Yeah, exactly. We need to like we need to readdress the fact that that existed in again in the same season that Endeavor had a crazy fight. In the same season that we got Gentle Criminal. In the same season that uh, Muriel like was a father like i mean there's just a bunch of stuff that all happened all at once and it doesn't feel like any of it was like forced besides the unearned tickle machine. yeah the, the, the tickle machine earned. was on the tickle machine was very forced but everything else felt very very natural well i think with that that's a natural transition into our final plus ultra award of the season So for those of you guys that don't know, every episode this entire season, we have been awarding a Plus Ultra recipient, each three of us pick. And it would have been really smart for me to go back and give numbers today of how many each time people won. Well, I'm not smart. I didn't do that. So maybe I'll talk about that in a future episode. But for today, I want each one of us to pick one Plus Ultra recipient for the entire season. And Dylan, you seem ready. You're shaking your head. Like, I, you're I, ready I, for this. You I got an like, answer. I feel like I'm going to have some support on this from James. Oh but oh, okay. I think the clear winner for Plus Ultra this season is Kirishima. I think he easily takes it. I think he was a clear standout this season of someone who just, like, went went from, like, 0 to 100. And it's so well-deserved. His arc was really amazing. He had an ama- he had so many um, he had multiple amazing fights, incredible panels. Like I, I I cannot talk about his stuff enough. 
And that's why I'm going to leave it here, because I know one of you guys are going to also choose this. I I got to agree with him, man. Like, I re- like I mean, I was sitting talk here. Talk him up, talk him up, James. Like, I mean, like, that's just it. Like, Hiroshima went from this, like we said, like, this very beer, almost, like, sidekick-type character to literally being, like, a very, very unstoppable force. Like, I mean, like, he, he again, he, he progressed past a lot of, I think, his classmates into that pro-hero role. He knows exactly how he's supposed to be, like... How he's supposed to use his quirk. He his his inspiration is like clear, and it's you know it's really nice to have that fleshed out in that background. He had a phenomenal mentor who I think really just like brought that out even more to make him even like even more deserving of the plus ultra reward. I my my runner up is Endeavor, but I think Kirishima is the, the, definitely the well most well deserving. You guys almost sold me, and I'm honestly surprised neither one of you picked mine, but mine's Mirio. Oh, that's I. Uh, I can't. I, I can't think be upset in a, about that. I think in a very different way. That first off, Mirio brought Deku under his wing, and I mean, just the relationship between those two. Even though Mirio was supposed to be like, we forgot, we didn't mention Mirio was like being groomed to be the next one for all, I mean, all for one. Like we didn't mention that kind of little arc point at all. That um, Sir Night Eye was like grooming him to be that. So like that relationship grew past that. We got over that. He got Sir Night Eye in, and this dude. First off, could have easily be- beat Overhaul, one of the scariest people we've seen single-handedly. He's incredibly powerful and only lost his quirk, which I think to protect someone, even though he didn't know if she was going to die or anything like that. So he lost that. And then still after all that, after losing his mentor and his quirk, he's still happier than ever and is still trying to find a way to make the lives of the people around him better. I mean, I agree with Kirishima. I almost want to put that as a tie between those two. But Mirio being the same at the end of the season as he was at the beginning of the season after everything he's gone through is a definition of a true hero. So I am the one, the one caveat and why I did not choose Mirio is because I think next season is Mirio's season because he's starting at this, this place where he has no powers. And I think we're going to have some really interesting stories around him because though he was a really great person this season, I think next season is where he goes to be like an incredibly deep character that goes through a lot of stuff, and that's why I, I I was holding off a little bit on him. The only the only two yeah, and I just to kind of echo it because I do agree that I think Mirio is a hundred percent a very deserving candidate of this. It was two big things. We knew he was being groomed, which means unfortunately with Shonens and a lot of like a lot of shows like this, you know something's going to happen to him with a character like Deku existing, which sucked. I hated that. And with Kirishima, it was totally unpredictable that we were going to get this much, you know, sure. right, this much buildup. And the other thing, too, is, like, Mirio was the subject of a trope, which sucks so much. He was literally the subject of a hero's trope, which is you need to sacrifice yourself to save somebody else. And he did it, and he did it in outstanding fashion, but, like, it just sucks to see a character But it like, fit his character so much, I know, though, and that's which the is why thing, I was right? okay with it. I understand it's a trope. Everyone always sacrifices themselves to save the damsel in distress and all that kind of stuff. But that didn't feel like it was because of a trope. It felt like because that's who uh, Muriel was as a person, and that's why I was okay with it. They set Muriel up in such a good way that it wouldn't have mattered who that bull was shot at. He would have gone after it, whether it was a normal person or anything like that, that as a person, he was good to the core and still is. And that's why I'd see it less as a trope rather than a character designed so perfectly that it almost seems like a trope because I agree. He what had to be the sacrificial lamb because otherwise there's just always that conflict and he was stronger than Deku. 
So yeah. oh yeah, hundred percent. I do agree, but that I yeah, both options are amazing. I want to bring up a, a runner up that I think is really deserving of the runner up title for this because it's a big season. I think we deserve a runner up, and I think it was uh the 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 Deku um All Might impersonation phase. <laughs> I, okay, oh, so, God. so less less of a joke. There is one other candidate that I think might have gotten really overshadowed, and I think he always does, but I think we can agree he definitely deserves to be in the talk, and I think that's Aizawa. I think Aizawa really, like, I mean, where he didn't do ex- anything exceptionally himself, the dude literally just guided a ton of people throughout this entire process. Aizawa has been, like, the pinnacle of an instructor, and I think he's really... He's more or less like a parent to most of these guys more than anything. I would say yes, um, but I think we've seen that from him already in a lot of other seasons, Fair. especially after the attack on on UA of where he basically he got up in that suit and he went on TV, and then afterwards they went to every single house and apologized. Like yeah. I think I think he was already really into those motions, and so that's why I would hold off. But I definitely think. He is a top contender, like because he he's he, he, he he great keep, as always. Yeah, because like he he always brings that, so I would never scoff him off of like, um, you know, like the the top five contenders for it because he's great all the time. Yeah, and obviously we didn't talk about Deku at all when the show about him, but I know you guys just hate giving him a run, but he did have an well, incredible season. He had a big power up, and even emotionally, he has grown up a little bit as well too. I, I definitely don't think he was even a candidate probably for the top couple. I think a lot of people had amazing seasons. This times, but the whole his how he interacted with the whole gentle fight too definitely showed a different side of Deku. It was a much more controlled and thought provoking one, and even how he interacted with Gentle during the fight definitely shows a different side of him. So I was happy with that. I guess he I know he's a main hero. You guys will never give it to him. But I no, do no, think I, he, I I will give it to him if he deserves it. Yeah. So the, the the actually like I mean that's a really good point. Like I mean. I don't, I, I, and I don't want any of our listeners to think that me and Dylan have a bone out for Deku. I mean, we, we, we joke about it, but this season, I think, was meant to humble Deku. He was in the shadow of Mirio for a lot of it. And Mirio, we saw, was just, in, like, uh, like he was unstoppable. He, like, he was he was beating the crap out of Orhal with without Eerie, which Deku needed. Now, I mean, I know there's there's a bit more mechanics to that fight, but, like, I mean, Mirio was in the process of winning that thing single-handedly. Mirio was the guy right so and I, I think that's really a big reason why Deku didn't get it I do agree that his fight with Gentle and the emotions that were drawn out of that was super super good I think a lot of his narrative throughout the season was really really good but again this season was meant to rein Deku back in being like dude you are good but like I mean there's other guys like Mirio right like and Mirio is a like you know he was the pinnacle right so um yeah I think but I think it's good that we are talking about Deku because where he is the focus of the show we do need to have that discussion on why he didn't get plus ultra advice, you know, why he, why, like, you know, despite the fact he's just the main character. Sure. No, I agree. I always give you guys crap, but yeah, no, we, yeah, I think, I think most people understand that kind of situation, but surprisingly, this has been an incredibly long episode. <laughs> We're about to approach 40 minutes. I think all of us saying beforehand, Oh, this is going to be like a good 20, 30 minute episode. And we'll be in and out quick, but we had a lot of good conversations and all that, but is there any last kind of closing moments you want to have on season four? I mean, obviously, when all these special episodes coming up, we'll be talking about moments from each of the season. It'll be hard not to. But is there anything specifically in this recap episode you want to touch back on? Or are we good to wrap up officially on the season four of the My Hero Academy anime for Class 1A? I wish we didn't have to, but... Here it is. 
Well, again, before we do do our outros, thank you so much for everyone that has tuned in every single week. Comments, reviews, anything like that. Like, this season was made special because of you guys. I'm glad you guys all enjoyed watching the season along with us and watching this incredible season that we just gushed about for 40 minutes. And I hope you guys enjoy um, what we have coming up next until season five. But with that, yeah. I'll hand it back oh, over to you, James. Sorry. Thanks. You no, had a transition good. for me. I, I, I was I was ready. I was ready to go. Um, yeah, but l- like Dylan said at the beginning of the episode, let us kn- let your friends know about the uh, the My, Acad- My Hero Academia cl- podcast that we do. Um, hit us with that five-star review on whatever we do. And we do have a ton of cool episodes coming up, as well as the Vigilantes manga that we're going to be talking about a bunch. Something else for us to do while we're all stuck in quarantine. And make sure you check out poppedoff.com and twitter.com slash popped underscore off for updates on this podcast and all the other stuff we do because we'll be talking about it there. Um, That's another place we'll be talking about whatever episode we're doing. So make sure you check that out. But with that, class is officially dismissed for this semester. And we'll see you guys all next time.